0: Sometimes we make the mistake of thinking we are the audience when we're not, or when we are one of the audience, but we're not the whole audience.
1: You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, welcome back to the truth about marketing. It's Kev Rogers here. This is the show where we go deep with the people who are actually out there uh, creating marketing campaigns that get big results to find out what are they doing uh, that's working, that's not working, and what didn't they expect to work that did work. Uh, My guest today, Marcella Allison, is somebody I have an immense amount of respect for. Uh, She has been in the trenches of this direct response marketing game for uh, many years, 20 years of her own entrepreneurial endeavors. Uh, She uh, has worked in all kinds of fields, but she has worked uh, more closely and deeply with some of the great copywriters in the world, like Paris Lampropoulos and David Deutsch, uh, She's a very accomplished writer herself, and we're going to explore a few different topics today, all of which will be highly relevant to you as a business owner looking to improve your sales, really understand your prospects, and if you're a freelance copywriter, uh, Marcella is someone you want to learn from in regards to how to work best with big publishers and solopreneurs as well. So, Marcella, thanks so much for making time to do this. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, I'm flattered to be asked, actually. This is great. So it's, it's like my first podcast. I'm so excited. Is it really? <laughs> it is. I've never oh, done wow. this before. I'm quite excited oh, here. Oh,
1: man, I feel privileged because, uh, you, you, you know, it's cool. You're one of those people that you, you've got more experience... That I'm not gonna make up some random statistic, but many, many people out there. And yet you're you're not one of these guru types. You're not out there trying to get your name out and, and, and do this. You're just so busy doing the actual work that maybe not as many people know about you.
0: That's a good way to put it. That's interesting. I think that's I think that's true and I think that's probably because I love to write. So um I always want to be writing. I think that I want to keep my edge sharp. Right. So that's one thing I work on. I also love to work in teams. So it's sort of not in my nature to say um, it was funny. I was talking to another A-list writer. uh, Well, Henry Bingaman, who who you know, the other day. Oh, yeah. And I was saying how, you know, it's not in my nature to sort of like toot my own horn or take credit or and if someone says oh that was a fantastic promotion the first thing I'll say is well you know I always work in teams so that was you know Belinda was great and I was on it and Lois was on it and you know I'll always sort of give it away you know which is something often that women do mm-hmm. and uh, and so I was laughing I said to Henry okay I'm going to channel my inner Henry Bingaman and I'm going <laughs> to just like be like yes i am brilliant not that henry does that you know but i'm like i'm just gonna you know be more aggressive more whatever and he was laughing and he said well actually i channel my inner jed <laughs> So I said, okay so it's going all the way down the line right jed candy to henry to me but um i do think i tend to be below the radar and that's sort of okay with me but i also have to learn to um to put myself out there more so i really appreciate the opportunity to kind of do that and share some of the things I've been really blessed and lucky to learn from my mentors and my, and my clients and my partners over the years. So I'm very flattered to be asked. Thank you. Well,
1: thank you. And what I love is that we could spend this entire episode uh, talking about any one of the projects or the copywriters that you've worked with. Yeah, we could do a whole Deutsch episode. We could do a whole Paris episode. Uh, Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, don't we need a Clayton episode and a Mark Ford episode, it
1: could be crazy. A
0: tell-all book on my deathbed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, but let's start with um, uh, where um, we we talked about a really interesting subject recently. um, And that is the idea. Of you know where does any of the success start with a direct response campaign? It's like really understanding the prospect, right? And Absolutely. as we live in this increasingly social, you know, digitally socialized world, I, I think it becomes more and more of a foreign concept to actually uh, get in a room or 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 have you know face to face conversations with the people that we're out to help with our, our Mm -hmm. marketing. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear your experience in that regard, because I know that's, I don't call it a specialty. It's just, I I think a nature, part of your natural personality. You're so good with people (laughs) that you're, you're, you're drawn to those situations. So I'd love to see like what kind of strategies you've developed
0: around that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because in the beginning, um, well, one, I think it depends. There's, there's a couple things that come to mind. One is sometimes we make the mistake of thinking we are the audience when we're not. Mm-hmm. Or when we are one of the audience but we're not the whole audience. Mm-hmm. So um, so that can be a positive or a negative, right? So if there is a product for which you use it, you're passionate and you are the audience for it, by all means, that's a great place to start, right? Because you naturally know what that uh, consumer is feeling about something. And yet you also have to be careful that you don't, you know, as we say, speak for everybody, right? Right. You know, Um, so even if you use this product all the time, you're a part of whatever that group is, you're passionate about it, you still need to talk to other people to get their feedback to maybe you would see it in a different light, you might approach it differently, you'll hear their stories. So it's very true if you are not a member of the audience, like you absolutely have to do that if you are not a member of the target audience. But even when you are a member of the target audience, you have still got to go and talk to other people, read other people's comments, whether they're posting them on a blog or online or giving feedback. You still have to do that because you should never assume that you know everything about it just because you happen to use it. Um, yeah. Also. Yeah. That's and great. I think you also. Have... Go ahead.
1: I say that's a great point, and you know it makes me think about that moment when you brought onto a project uh, and you don't know anything about it, right? And that's. Yes. And you're like,
0: oh my god, now what do I do?
1: Well, but it's such. Yeah. It's also such a valuable time because you know it's about to end really quickly. Because yeah. <laughs> you're about to dive into your research and then you'll have the curse of knowledge and all these yeah. questions and all this ambiguity you have about the product and what it does and how it benefits you uh, will be lost. Because suddenly now we're on the other side of the counter trying to go, how do I get this benefit across in an emotional way? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's it's an important thing to think about where, you know, because you can't, you can't go back. You can't erase your brain and go, let's no, pretend can't. I know nothing. It's just... Right. right. It's a golden moment. So is there anything you do in that phase if you're brought on to something um, where it's like all fresh and new where you're like I'm going to I'm going to capture this moment when I still know nothing?
0: I well, a couple things. Um, it's interesting cuz when I when I first started working with Paris, he would say to me, "I have read and studied so much and so deeply about so many different health topics and conditions." you know, you figure at that point in his career, he's done packages for alternatives. He's done packages for second opinion. He's done packages for uh, boardrooms, you know, bottom line personal, bottom line health. Every time you do one of those packages, right, you're reading like the encyclopedia of back issues, right? So he said to me, I don't know what's new and exciting anymore Hmm. because I've read so much that I'm not the typical customer anymore, right? He's like, things that I think are old news. And it was exactly your point. He's like, I can't go back and be at the point where I knew kind of what my audience knows, but not more than them, you know? So in the beginning, he would ask me that he, I, he would say, well, what did you find new and exciting about this article? Right. And I would say, I really love this part. And he'd say, really? And there were times when I would get all excited about something and it would sort of surprise him. And then he'd kind of say, oh, okay, well, I could kind of see that, right? Because he knew it so well, he sort of couldn't tell what was new to me versus what he just knew because he's been doing it for so long. So it's that fine line between knowing it really well and yet also remembering what your audience doesn't know. And often what I do in those moments is I will email Paris, David, anyone else on my list and I'll say, or sometimes all the women who work with me, I will tend to just send out an email to them and say, because they're in the audience, but they're not read as wide and as deep. Right. So I'll say, Hey, have you heard about this new, um, alternative therapy for such and so I was just having a conversation today on the phone with a client because we're looking at IV, uh, vitamin C therapy for cancer. Hmm. And I said, okay, I know that the SoundView audience knows this really well. Like, where does your audience fit? Do you think they've heard about it? Have we written about it? How many people think they, you know, so now I'm just sort of like randomly asking friends of mine who've had any brush-ups with cancer, hey, did you ever hear of IV vitamin C therapy for cancer? And, when you know, who mentioned that to you? Or where'd you read about right. it? So it, you it, can start by asking too, right? And totally. find out who knows what, Yeah, you it's, know? kind, it's
1: kind of like the, yeah, it's like the, a, you know, personal, that's part of Ryan Levesque's ask where, you know, in the survey you say, could I call you, you know, I promise this is not a sales pitch. I really just want Mm -hmm. to understand Mm -hmm. better. And I love the idea of going to your personal network. It's, it's certainly a fast track to that process. Right. And
0: it just gives you a gut check, like a beginning gut check. If everybody goes, oh my God, yes. And everybody comes back and they've heard of it, then it's probably, you know, another thing you could look at is Google searches, right? Mm-hmm. Who's who's those keyword things, like how many people are searching for this? That kind of tells you if it's sort of, and then yeah. you can lay that number alongside a number of something you think everyone knows about. Mm. So if you are looking at a new arthritis remedy, right? I'd lay that right alongside glucosamine and chondroitin, Right. That's what everybody thinks of when they think of an alternative remedy for arthritis. That's Mm -hmm. what, you know, every Lord right now target cells, right? Their own version of glucosamine and chondroitin. So if you have something new and different, it's like, okay, how many people are looking up or searching for glucosamine versus how many people are looking up and searching for whatever this new thing is you have? And you can kind of judge where it's falling on the um, spectrum of is the not, is the audience knowledgeable and aware of this yet? Is there still newness here? Right.
1: Um, and again,
0: are, those are all people removed, though, right? These are yeah. all, well, except for emailing people, right? That is still, to your point, when we started on the call, one step away from actually being with your audience in a personal
1: right non exactly uh
0: black mirror isn't that the word (laughs) yeah place right when there's no screen between you you're actually just interacting with them
1: yeah so let's bring it back there full circle a bit um we you know let's talk about uh meeting health prospects in a grocery store or you know
0: like what oh this is one of my favorites yeah so um So I'm working on, I was working on a a bladder control supplement for um, advanced bionutritional sound view and, um, and I'm in the grocery store and there's all these funny legal things, right? When you write about supplements that you can say and you can't say. And so they're, they're saying to me, oh, you can't, um, you can't actually say things that directly talk about incontinence because that's a disease claim and you know, anyone who writes in alternative health, they know this is like a whole rabbit hole, we could go down forever, right? Yeah. But the bottom line is they say to me, I come up with this idea, I'm like, well, what if I said something like being in the personal care aisle or you don't have to be mortified to shop for adult diapers anymore, can I say that? And they're like, oh yeah, you could say that, right? Well I like that anyway, because it's more emotional than some abstract term like, you know, incontinence or whatever. Right. So you never thought you were gonna have a call with me about bladder issues, did you? <laughs> I,
1: I, it, everything's on the table whenever I talk to you, Marcella. It's like that's what I love about you. It's like we don't know where this is going, but it's gonna be fun. That's
0: right. It's gonna be going there. So I get to the grocery store and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna cruise down the adult diaper aisle, right? Sure enough, there's a woman in one of those um, carts, uh, you know, the assistance carts. She's obviously got a bag of hip. She's got her like, she's got a little cane there. She's in her little cart. She's trying to compare the prices of the different boxes of diapers, right? And she can't reach the one that's on sale. She's trying to look at that. So of course I'm like, hey, can I help you? You know, and I pull down the boxes and I get out my phone and I'm helping her check the prices and I'm like, um, well, so this one's, you know, cheaper, it's on sale, but do you do you like it as well, you know? And she's like, you know, um, I really, I don't need to wear them during the day, right? But when, when I get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I can't make it to the bathroom in time because I've been asleep and my bladder's full and so I have these accidents on the way to the bathroom and then I'm tired and I'm confused and I have to change all my clothes and clean up. She's like, so I just want... So right there, right, is yeah. this whole piece that I didn't know about incontinence. So in my mind, the prospect was little old ladies who peed all the time and they wore these during the day and they were trying to avoid accidents. And and that is part of the audience, right? Mm-hmm. But here I found out this whole little benefit that I didn't know. So she doesn't need them during the day. She's What she has is she wakes up in the middle of the night and she cannot move fast enough anymore to get to the bathroom on time. I have a supplement that can directly address the bladder issues that cause that, right? So now I can add this whole section that is talking about you ever wake up in the middle of the night and you think, oh my God, I'll never make it in time and your bladder is so full and you're trying to get to the bathroom and it's dark and your hip hurts and your legs are stiff when you first get out of bed and you can't get there, right? And then, oh my God, you have to change your clothes and now you're wide awake and it's 3.30 in the morning and you've woken your husband up and now the dog wants to go outside and the cat thinks it's morning and wants to be fed, right? Like now I have this whole, and and when I sit down to write, not only have I found this sort of, hidden pain point that I didn't know about before that spoke to her, but now I'm writing to her, right? I'm writing to Margaret, who I met, sitting in the cart, and by the end, we're best friends, we're checking out together, you know, we've comparison shopped, you know, we've got, I now have a person that I'm writing to. She was delightful, right? Right. And that happened because I went to the grocery store Mm. to go feel what it was like to stand in an aisle hmm. with the adult diapers, right? And who's standing there? And are they, you know, so that kind of, you have to go where they are. Right. You can also find someone. So I, uh, Carlene Cole talks about this all the time, that if you have any condition and you are related to her, it is fair game. You will be interviewed, <laughs> your name disguised, but you will appear in the copy, <laughs> right? You right. know.
1: Yeah, you're, So,
0: you know, you can call to your neighbor who has arthritis and right. sit down and interview them, but right. you can also randomly find, go out and meet your prospects. It's more natural. I didn't tell her I was writing a package about right. ladder sport. I didn't ask her for her opinion. So she ended up, if I had gone up to her and said, do you mind if I ask you five yeah, questions a about the ladder right. issues? <laughs> totally different.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That's a, that's in you know, even if you did like like you said, you went there just to you didn't know what you'd find, right? Um, but I would think with a product like that, just purchasing them, right? If you've never needed adult uh, diapers, yeah, like just right. just what does it feel to pop those on the conveyor belt and uh, and
0: have to be in line, right? It, it and hold, know everybody's Hold this big box, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, exactly. that that whole thing is like that's the level of empathy that we need to I- indulge in and it, it, you know that's not going to happen staring into the pixels of your computer screen so uh, it's fantastic no. that's really good Marcella a- any other like little tips that
0: yeah so another one this is sort of a related grocery store one but it's a funny one so most of these are where I go to find old people because <laughs> my audience. Tends to be older health and financial and my the publishers that I work with Tend tend to be older right Mm -hmm. and now that I'm 52 I'm a heck of a lot closer to them in age and I've had enough health conditions now that I can relate to that But the younger you are if you are writing to people older than you You got to know what metaphors they use you got to know what references what turns of phrase they use, you know, Yeah. And you only get that by hanging out with them. So couple things I've done, um, I signed up. Oh, and here's the other thing. These people don't hang out when you hang out. They're mm. in bed when right. you hang out, good right? Point. Yeah. So you gotta go when they go. Okay, so um, I decided to take a Tai Chi class early on when I was working with Paris. I signed up for a Tai Chi class at the local Y that met at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. And I was the youngest by a good 25 years. And what they would talk about on the breaks or before and after the class was their ailments, right? That's what they talked about all the time, you know, Edna's hip and Janice's elbow. I mean, they were there at the Y trying to deal with their aches and pains, right? And they're taking Tai Chi to help with arthritis. And so I just took the class with them, right? And I get to hear them talking and gossiping and teasing each other and I'm picking up the way they talk about things, right? And I'm getting to understand them. Uh, Another thing I did a couple years back was that um, a friend of mine, uh, Peter Schertz, is the um, curator of ancient art, of antiquities, for the Virginia Museum of Fine Art. And he was invited on a cruise to, you know, like they, like experts do, this was a cruise through um, Greece and um, Turkey. And it was going to see these ancient sites and he was the lecturer and um, he's not married and he's allowed to bring someone for free uh, along with him kind of to help, you know, with the trip and with the, because many of the museum donors go, right? So you want to, so they want someone there to help sort of schmooze for lack of a better word. And he calls me up and he says, you're the only person I know who could probably like drop everything and take a 15 day cruise. You want to go? And I turned to my husband. I said, I hope you don't mind, but I'm about to go on a cruise with another. (laughs) 15 days this is like my best friend from college (laughs) yeah he just calm just cracked up he's like who are you going with i'm like peter he's like oh yeah fine go he's like the total absent-minded professor he's adorable so i head off with peter and of course the entire cruise ship is my target audience and they're captive on a boat mm. for fifteen days, <laughs> right? And I'm eating every meal with them, uh, and we're uh, yeah, going uh, to sites together to see, you know, ancient Greek goddesses, uh, right? Yeah.
1: The floating focus seeing, group. <laughs>
0: oh my God! Yes, it was the total floating focus group with liquor. What more? And all my meals <laughs> came. Mm. What more could you ask for? I tell you. So we. I remember poignantly looking at this um, this couple where they had literally saved all their lives for this cruise. They had always dreamed of, you know, cruising the Greek Isles. They loved the sites that we were going to. And their arthritis was so bad that, like, half the time we, and these sites are not, um, you're not really handicapped accessible, right? There's not like elevators and what you, you're like climbing over marble rocks. That's kind yeah. of the way it is over there. And they would get so far and then they would like have to sit down because their knees would hurt or they'd be worn out, right? Or they'd say to me, where's a bathroom? I remember we were on the island of, um, I think it's Delos, Delos. Anyway, there's nothing there. It's a a site, right? But there's no one lives there, right? Mm -hmm. There's like lizards and snakes and all kinds of creepy things. But anyway, there's no people that live there. And we had to take this little boat from our ship over there and it was amazing. It was like a graveyard of statuary. It was amazing. You could imagine this whole civilization there. And she's looking at me and she says, there's no bathroom, there's no bathroom. And I said, well, you know, there's like this sort of one outhouse kind of thing, you know, halfway up the hill. And she's like, I can't stay, mm-hmm. I can't stay. And I said, I'll take you back. You know, and we went back to the little, what do they call the little skiffs, you know, that run you back and forth. Yeah. She, she could not be there, she was terrified, right? So there was the combination of both the bladder control package, right, and the right. arthritis package. But it struck me, I was like, oh my God, to have saved all your life to take this trip of a mm-hmm. lifetime, and by the time you take it to not be physically able to enjoy it the way that you always dreamed of, that's heartbreaking, yeah. right? That's yeah. heartbreaking. So if you're talking about health and, you, and and to this audience, that that image in my mind of her finally saving her whole life to have this amazing experience and really being in so much pain she couldn't enjoy it, that haunted me. That haunted me. Yeah. That's so the amazing. cruise ship the cruise ship also had, of course, a bunch of gentlemen who would pop online whenever they could to check their investments, right? Mm. And it's expensive, right? And there's there's like one or two free computers, but not a lot, right? So I discover, right, as I'm going in there to check my emails periodically, that these guys are in there trying to get internet access to find out, you know, where their stocks are at. So of course I'm chatting them. I'm oh so what are you invested in? So what are you trying to check today? Oh do you manage your own money? Oh you have someone manage it? You have a mutual fund? Oh <laughs> what do you think about? It? You know and yeah. or they're sitting out on deck that morning with their coffee and they've got their laptop up when we're actually in port and they can get internet access and I'm like oh how is it going to be a good day in the market today Joe? Yeah it's looking pretty good. All right done you know. And I remember uh, Belinda Brewster, who I work with, her husband is part of a, a yacht club in Plymouth, Massachusetts, where they live. Yeah. And all these guys and their wives have dinner every Friday night at the yacht club. And she is always there, right? So when we're writing a package, I'm like, hey, run this by the yacht club when you're down there on Friday, just throw this out. And she will. She'll just be like, hey, I read this article, right? And she'll throw throw sort of some investing scheme out that we're working on, right, to just see what their objections are and what they say. And they discuss politics. Like, she always has her pulse, right, Yeah. on what's going on with those guys, you know? Yeah. Just dinner at the Yacht Club on Friday.
1: Yeah, so if you can't physically get there yourself, find a way to infiltrate, you know, maybe through a friend or a colleague. Yeah, that's uh, –
0: And your point about online is huge. So today there is a blog on every topic known to mankind, every disease known to mankind, forums, support groups. Yeah. Even, even I will, uh, when I call up a wall street, so this was, I'm working on a uh, package that has to do with, um, earnings season. There's a friend of mine who's a trader who trades very successfully around earnings season. And there was a study that was done that was written up in the wall street journal on the volatility that happens around those few days when companies report earnings. And, uh, it was in the wall street journal. So, what many writers will do is go pull that article from the Wall Street Journal, read that article, use it in their copy. That's great. But what you also want to do is read the 26 posts that followed the article. Yes. So one of the themes that came up is people kept saying, look, anytime someone does a study where they find there's sort of an, uh, they call it an abnormal return, which really just means a greater than average return in either direction. So it's, bigger than what you would expect. So they said, look, anytime someone finds some abnormal return, all the Wall Street guys, everyone reads about it, they all go exploit it, and it goes away, so we shouldn't even bother with this, what's the point, right? Right. So now I know there's an objection that I have to explain away or overcome in the package that Mm. didn't even occur to me. Right. It never occurred to me that their objection would be, oh, well, this is true, but now that it's been printed in the Wall Street Journal, it'll be gone next week. So it turns out that these abnormal returns that happen around earnings announcements were first documented in 1964 and have been documented consistently ever since. It's one of the most and pretty much only consistent patterns of abnormal returns in the market. And it continues to this day, partly because people overreact to an earnings announcement. It just happens, right? All of Wall Street, all of America watches when... Amazon's about to report earnings, it's reported on your evening news, right? And it causes these reactions in the market. So now I can know that at some point I'm gonna say in the package, you know, not only does this happen, but it's been happening since 1964. I have some expert who says it's the one of the most consistent patterns ever that occurs year after year in the market, every earnings season this happens. And now I have an in fact answered what these guys are saying, which is, oh, it'll just go away next month, right? But I wouldn't have known that they had that thought in their head that, yeah, that's a great study, but some Wall Street guy will exploit it and it'll go away, which, you know, which you could see, right? It's almost like insider trading, right? But this one can't go away, because it's happening across hundreds of thousands of companies, right, right? and it has to do with earnings themselves. So that's just reading online. That's just reading online and reading people's reactions to the study when it was written about in the Wall Street Journal.
1: Awesome. Yeah, so that's it. I mean, it's about look past the surface of everything, right? And yes. it's in the it's in the, the words of the people who are experiencing them and <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you, it, it's the emotion you're looking for. Like what are they feeling? What are they saying? What are they cynical about? Uh, what misconceptions do they have? Uh, you know, we're in this whole era now of fake news, which adds oh God, a, yes. another layer of complexity to this. It's like, you, you, so now we not only have to know how people are responding to facts, but uh, to how they're responding to the BS that they've been fed, right? And how much of that right. do we, so yeah. It,
0: because you're never gonna convince them to change their mind. I mean, that's right. copywriting 101. Yeah. Never go straight at an idea and tell them they're wrong. You gotta come at it. You know, I just thought of another one that I do a lot, which is um, Amazon book reviews on whatever topic you're covering. Yes. Because there's a gazillion Amazon book reviews, and sometimes the language they're using is just fantastic, right? Right. So, if your guru wrote a book, go read every single one of his review on Amazon. And get those, and especially you know, the bad have, ones.
1: <laughs> if they ever oh, get bad reviews,
0: absolutely, they're the ones that are like. That oh, tells you the objections, right? right. Exactly.
1: No, it's great, uh, Marcella. Wow, this has flown by. Um, um, uh, have I properly prepared you for the one question I ask all guests of the show? No. Okay, great. I love it. I love it when there's no prep. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I, well, what's great is I, I, with someone with your experience could answer this question so many ways. So what's going to happen is you're going to give me an answer. It's going to be awesome. And then you're going to uh, smack your head four other times today and go, oh, that was an even better answer. <laughs> so then what that means so we just get to,
0: torture me is it, what you're it saying. Means
1: we get to do more of these. So here's <laughs> here is the question. Uh, Marcella Allison, what is the one thing you've done in your marketing that produced the most surprising results?
0: For my business or for my clients?
1: Uh, let's say for your clients.
0: One. Oh, no, I had an answer for Okay, for
1: your business. That's what I meant to say.
0: <laughs> you know, I will say this. The one thing that I have done is no marketing for my business. I don't have a website. Uh, I only bring business cards, uh, now to AWAI cause a lot of writers will ask me for my card if they want to, you know, be able to send me samples and stuff up till then. I didn't have business cards because all of my marketing was based on relationships. So instead of telling people how great I was or, you know, why they should hire me, I was always looking just to build a relationship. And when you build a relationship with people, you usually offer to do something, maybe you do them a favor, maybe you just introduce them to somebody else. Um, I remember when I first met, uh, when I had just gotten to know Mike Ward and we were at, um, uh, he was working the job fair at AWAI, which can be just completely crazy and chaotic for marketers. Um, in the old days, they've done a lot to try to change that, but I just, he was standing at this table with like 30 people around him. He was trying to talk to all of them. I could see he was, you know, wilting. And I just went over and I said, Hey, can I bring you something from the bar? And he was like, Oh my God, I would love a glass of white wine. Right. I just brought him over a glass of white wine. Right. And it's little things like that, you know, it's just, um, If I know someone needs a writer and I'm not a good fit for it, I will try to go the next step and actually recommend someone who is, right? right. Because that's what you would do for a friend, right? Right. So I had someone the other day say, hey, I hear you're a great writer. I really need a skincare package. And I said, I hate to break it to you, but I am a child of the late 60s. I don't even wear makeup. I could give a shit about wrinkles. I am so not the person to write a skincare (laughs) package but I know someone who would be great and she's got several controls, let me give you her number, right? So to me, the one thing that I have done is never ask what's in it for me. I Mm -hmm. never went into this business or into marketing saying, what's in it for me? What do I need to get out of this interaction? I always turned it around. What do they need? What is something that I could easily help with? What's something I can offer that they, you know, might appreciate or benefit from? Often it was an introduction, sometimes it was as simple as, you know, a glass of wine, it might be some piece of information I knew, hey, you might want to check this out, I don't know if you've seen that. I met someone the other day, they were working on a journaling project and a book, and I said, oh, do you know about The Artist's Way, and he said, no, and I said, well, it's kind of the number one book that writers and artists use, and I said, here, I'll send you a link, I sent him the book, I sent him the website, I said, you know, just something to keep in mind as you're doing your marketing. And It just started a conversation. So for me, my biggest tip is just, pay. always go in it with the attitude of what's in it for them, not what's in it for me. Mm -hmm. And just generosity. It's just fundamental human generosity, which I think we need a lot more of in the world in general. And that has gotten me so many clients that I continue to turn people away because there's no way I have enough capacity for all the clients that come to me And I've never gone out and solicited. They just come because they want to pay it forward and they want to work with me. I mean, they wouldn't do it if I didn't produce results at some point, but but that's my secret. It's great. Just be generous.
1: Just be generous. Be present. Yeah. It's your nature, right? But so if it's But use
0: your nature to your advantage, right? Yeah. So it works.
1: But yeah, but that is one of those things where if it's not your nature, uh, practice it. It it, it uh, may, yeah. might yeah. take a little extra thought, right? But if you're right. a strategy person and you tend to be uh, a little colder as a human being, then you may want to keep notes on the people you meet and the needs they have and the and the interests they have. And you that's can be, a great
0: way to do it. Yeah. yeah, you
1: can be calculated about it, but don't forget to be yeah. human is the thing, right? And <laughs>
0: that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh,
1: that's and I couldn't agree more. You know, uh, look, I'm all for let's just talk about freelancers having a good, especially now. People, it's it's it, we're now trained to go look for the website of any business we want. We want to leave buy me, from. It's on my list. <laughs> and uh, but you know, so I would not recommend what you and I were able to do to a rookie now. Uh, or no, just, they, couldn't. they
0: couldn't. They couldn't do
1: it. But uh, you yeah. and I, I had the same thing. I had the butt ugliest uh, website forever. And it was the worst url it was rogers copy and people always thought my name was roger especially like british people where that's a common name right <laughs> and so it was like everything wrong but it didn't matter it's like i went like two years without even looking at the site you know what i mean right and right it just it, it because i like you just i really like people and i like networking and my my thing is i know you're the same way marcella by nature uh, my people go how do you network like I'm going to this event and I want to make sure I reach every... I was just at an event and one of the guy there, he told me, uh, my goal is to uh, connect with every person in this room. It was a two-day event and there was, I want to say, 50, 60 people and and, uh, kind of like Kurtz does his where it wasn't Brian's event, but you know, the horseshoe scenario, right? And and mm-hmm. this guy was so cold and 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 calculated and unpersonable in the conversation that I thought
0: he's just checking the box. That's right, that another said, person. And that I thought in my person. mind, you're
1: you're gonna make your goal of connecting with everyone here, and it's gonna lead the dick. There's nothing's gonna happen with yeah. it, right? Whereas right. my thing is, I want to. Um, I don't care who I'm talking to. I'm having the conversation I'm having. For better or worse, Mm -hmm. I might see over the shoulder of the person I'm talking to, two other people that I really want to, quote unquote, connect with. I don't care. I I, want to find the thing, the connection to the person I'm talking to at that moment. Uh, And I, I think that's, because we're writers, that's the other thing, right? Yes, we're there to do business and to meet people and all those things, but... Every person you're talking kind of goes back to what you're saying about being in the in the grocery aisle, uh, the diaper aisle, right? Right. That right. person's going to give you some insight that's going to fuel you somewhere in your catalog of experience as a writer in ways that you that may not be tangible but are essential. Um,
0: you brought up a really good point, which is the other thing is you cannot have a time frame on it. So. Not only do you have to go into the interaction with generosity and not like, how's this gonna pay me back? But you have to go into it with no time frame. So it was two full years, I think, if I remember right, from when I attended a uh, copywriting workshop with Boardroom, met everybody there, put together this headline, got a kiss from Marty. It was this wonderful thing and then Nothing happened, right? And so everyone kept saying, well, you know, when's Boardroom gonna call us? When are they gonna hire us? You know, and part of it was no understanding of the gap, right, between where they were at and where someone like Paris and David, the boardroom writers, were Mm -hmm. at, right? But the other part of it was this immediate, like, so what's in it for me? What's in it for me? It's like over a year and a half later, and Paris tells Michelle that he's looking for apprentices, and Michelle says, oh, we met this great woman who uh, she was work. She's still working for Schaefer's. I think she came here to kind of learn, you know, writing from us and uh, Marty loved her headline. I think I've got her number here. Let me find it. Right. And makes this connection. And Paris basically cold calls me out of the blue, introduces himself. I'm writing copy in the middle of the day at Schaefer's for a bunch of crazy option traders. And he's like, hey, you know, I'd like you to be my apprentice. Can you send me some stuff? You know, year and a half later, so you can't, and that's yeah. not what I thought the outcome was, right? right? I right. didn't think that I would get a call from one of the top copywriters in the country asking if I wanted to be his apprentice. That wasn't even on my list of possible things that might have happened from my going to a workshop with um, with the boardroom folks. Right. So. Yeah. You yep. can't have that clock ticking either, that's right? A good, that's a great point. Be, it's like just be you yourself. Put it out there, be, and it'll come that's back. That's right. Be, be that. Back.
1: Be that all the time, wherever you are, yes. and it just it it, it comes it, it, it comes around, like you said. It it, it, it will just it, does. It, it will come back. So that's awesome. All right, Marcelo, we, we got to do this again because we didn't even touch on this. You and I are on a similar mission. It's sort of in different worlds of helping you know freelancers connect with business owners is such a great crazy. need you and i've had many great conversations about ways we can do it more efficiently and better um, so that's just a whole oh, yeah topic. we definitely gotta and, talk about that and one it, yep. yeah i, I just want to point out that uh how much i appreciate what you've shared with me and how generous you've been because You've been uh, doing this a long time, and, and like we've discovered here on this call, it is just your nature to help everybody uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, whatever schema. I'm working on that. What, what's your scheme?
0: <laughs> David and Paris are like, really? Where are you donating today?
1: Right <laughs> well, you're just one of my favorite people, and uh, I, I really appreciate oh, you doing. There's no place you can go uh, read more about <laughs> about Marcella. There's no website. There's no, right, there's there's no, no website.
0: website. <laughs> no, oh my God. Nothing to I promote know. It's here. terrible. You can't However, find your... if you want to build me one, call me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. yeah, yeah. Take the lesson we just taught you and do something right. for Marcella and go build her a website.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Ooh. It's so true but we will definitely while I'm almost always at AWAI I'm trying to hang out now more in uh, in your world in yeah, the uh, you're in
1: copy chief if you if you Google Marcella chief. Allison uh, copy harvest or copywriter you'll find her AWAI wall of fame a profile her LinkedIn profile so you know you're not fully elusive but uh, uh, you're, you know,
0: and, and I'm always happy to talk to folks. So, um, yeah, shoot me messages, reach out, and I would love to uh, talk more about how we can connect more writers with more entrepreneurs because I think there's a huge need. Me too.
1: too. We'll definitely be exploring that more. All right, Marcella, thank you so much. This was a blast. Thanks. And you it, have we'll, a good
0: holiday. I'll talk to you soon. You Bye. All right. Take care. Bye.
1: Hey, thanks again for listening to The Truth About Marketing Podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to CopyChief.com forward slash T-A-M, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of CopyChief.com. And I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.